You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. I bet you didn't know we had a merch store. That's right. We actually have merch. If you head on over to the description, the notes of this episode, there will be a link there to the merch store, and you can head on over to the Mediocre Horseman store. From there, we have socks, we have hoodies, we have tanks, we have tees, and there's new designs coming out all the time. And the special this month is the Feral Appalachia shirt. 100% of the proceeds of that shirt are going to help feral horses in Appalachia. And 50% of everything else that's sold in the store are, is also going to go help feral horses in Appalachia through Feral Aaron as part of the Appalachia Legacy Initiative. So click the link in the description, head on over there, get something, help out some amazing horses, some amazing people, and uh, help me feed my horses, for crying out loud. One of my most beloved sponsors has got to be Audible. I had an Audible account long before I thought about ever getting into podcasting. And Audible has an awesome gift for all of my listeners. And if you head over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan, you're going to get a free audiobook on them and me. All you have to do is sign up for a free trial, and if you decide that Audible's not for you, and within 30 days, you can cancel. No harm, no foul, you spend no money, and you get to keep that free audiobook. Audible has hundreds of thousands of books in their catalog, read by world-renowned narrators. From New York Times bestsellers to the classics, they're all on Audible. So again, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan and pick up your free audiobook today. I want to take this opportunity to talk about our latest partner here on Behind the Horse's Eyes, and that is Herd of Zebras. You can find them over at www.herd-of-zebras.com. And Herd of Zebras is more than just an equestrian lifestyle brand. It's a global community of just badass people who inspire others with their perseverance, grit, compassion, and authenticity. And what other people might call scars, whether it be physical or emotional, they call stripes. It's the experiences and the hardships that cause us to become stronger, kinder, and braver. Unlock all of that over at Herd of Zebras. I wear their shirts constantly. I was lucky enough for them to send me some swag. Um, I've done some promotional stuff for them. I'm going to tell you, I am sold. The quality of their products is is, is amazing. They're, all their products are printed here in the U.S. You're not going to find better people and people with a better message than Herd of Zebras. If you use the discount code JRyan at checkout over at Herd of Zebras, you're going to get 10% off of your order. All the info for that is going to be in the description of this episode. That's wwwherd of dash zebras.com promo code jryan for 10% off today I would, I would love to be that type of person, but I know that for one, I have the attention span of a goldfish, and <laughs> yeah. and and two, 
just at some point I'm going to go, this stinks. I don't want to do it anymore. And you can't really do that with, with what, what they're doing. No, you you really do have to just, you got to be in it. You got to be in it with both feet and you just got to go for it. That's right. Um, you, you know, you know, it's interesting though. I, I do truly believe that everybody on the planet is here for, you know, some purpose and like your life's work should be to find what is that thing that you're supposed to do? Like, wh what are you supposed to be doing here to make the world a better place? And I sure do appreciate people like her who are just willing to just, you know, set all of their personal, I don't know, maybe like traditional interests to the side and just say, this is my calling. Yeah. I'm going to chase it. I'm going to make the world a better place from it. I, I, that's sort of stuff is just so inspiring to me. Oh yeah. So there you go, Aaron, when you're not on the show, feral Aaron is on the show. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's right. So welcome back to another episode of Behind the Horse's Eyes. I'm always your host, Mr. J. Ryan Chastain. I've got kind of something a little, well, I won't say different today, but I saw this guy, someone, first of all, Stephen, th this is the probably the most tagged in video I've ever been tagged in ever. <laughs> and I, I just, I lost count of the people that were tagging me at one point. And it was people would tag me in the original video and then people would tag me in replies. And, you know, usually I get I get tagged in quite a few stuff, but usually it's all over the place. And it's by people that I don't know. This was people that I knew. And usually if they're tagging me. It, it, it's something I need to see. And I, I watched the video and uh, holy cow. So I had to reach out to him and. <laughs> I got I got Stephen Foster um, on the show, and if that name don't ring a bell, you go by. Actually, you have two accounts on TikTok. One is is it something hazardous? Yeah, typically hazardous. Yeah. Typically hazardous. Yeah. I'm sorry, and <laughs> um, right. yeah. and the other one is your brand, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm you know I uh, <laughs> Moonlight I guess is the CEO of of a, um, a Western clothing and lifestyle brand and you know it, it is that but we really it's interesting that you mentioned that video because um we really started that brand and, and that organization and that company with kind of the concept of that video in mind right which is i i love the western world you know i grew up in it i'm from texas um i live in idaho right now and uh, grew up around all this stuff, and I just love it so much. And, and like a lot of us who are from this world, we have friends that are not, right? Like that, that people that we love and we care about really, really deeply. And I've always been the guy that's like, yeah, let's come, come to a branding with me. Come to a rodeo with me. Come and let's go move cows together. And, and I'm excited to share it with people. And so we really started this company. It's called Wild Icon. Because we wanted uh, a platform to be able to bring people along and, and let people participate in this world that maybe aren't from it, that maybe don't know a lot about it, but let them understand that, um, you know, it's for everybody. It's not just for people who are fortunate enough to grow up in it. We just happen to do clothing and stuff like that, too. But really, the mission is to is to bring the lessons of the West to everybody and the, and the lifestyle to everybody. So I don't want to, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't have to go 
verbatim. Like I don't, I don't want you to read, read a script, but <laughs> give us the synopsis or, or tell the story. Tell the story yeah. the way you want to tell the story about what happened to your friend. And it, this was the video, guys, that that I was I was tagged in. Like again, probably more than anything because everybody knows how I feel about this subject. And um, so tell us, tell us the story. Yeah. So um, th- this actually happened this past summer. Um, we were going to this rodeo up in Salmon, Idaho. There's a fantastic PRCA rodeo up there. And, um, and I was talking to one of my buddies and he's like, you know, I'd really like, I'd really like to go to this thing. And, and he'd never been to one before. And I was like, that's amazing. Let's, let's go because that's just sort of how I am. I, I want to bring people along. And so I was like, that, that's great. And he said, I've seen like what you look like. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to feel out of place or anything. Would you be willing to um, like take me to the, you know, the store and show me what kind of clothes that I can wear to kind of fit in. I was like, you got it, man. And so we went down to the ranch store and um, we spent probably an hour to help them pick out, you know, boots and uh, like a pearl button snap and wranglers. And we bought him a cowboy hat and, and I'll tell you what, he looked awesome. Like he looked so great in that getup and he was excited. And so we make the drive to Salmon and um, we go to this rodeo. We have a great time and something really interesting happens. I- I'm sitting there, uh, you know, just watching. I don't-, I don't remember what event was going on, maybe bareback riding or something. And and he's like, I'm going to go get a beer. And so he goes and he, he walks out to, uh, you know, the concessions area and he runs into this friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours. And she had come from the ranch world. She grew up on a ranch in New Mexico. And, um, you know, she's from the world a little bit. And she saw him and, and looked him dead in the eye and, and called him a poser. And he came back to sit down with me. And, you know, he's, he probably drank about that whole beer before he ever got back to sitting down with me. And he was just, he had already taken off that hat and was just holding it and he was down and he was dejected and he felt terrible. And I was like, what's going on? And he told me what had happened. And, um, then he had, there was this moment, I don't talk about this in the video cause you know, on TikTok it's just such a short form and you can't get into a lot of detail, but he, he like looked at me and he asked, am I a, am I a poser? Is that what this is? Is this like, is this wrong? And so we had this big conversation and I was like, absolutely not. Right. You know, the, the only people that you know, maybe the only poser in the situation is, is her for making that terrible comment to you. I don't think people realize like most rodeos are frequented by people who don't go out and ride a horse every day. hundred you know, percent. Yeah. These people like my buddy, they keep a lot of our industry alive. And um, yeah, I mean that, that's the story. And he, you know, it's been several, several months now. He's still not really over it. You know, those boots sit in the closet and that, that hat keeps, you know, collecting dust and, um, you know, hopefully one day he can get over the pain of that moment. But yeah, it, it's terrible. What's also interesting is when I posted that video, I didn't think 
honestly that much about it. I just thought, yeah, it's just some video of this thing that happened and hopefully a couple people will watch it and hopefully they'll, they'll like it and maybe think about how they treat other people. And what was so neat was all the comments that hit that, that comment section of everybody telling their stories um, about when they felt like they had been pushed out or pushed away. And then the comments that came in after them to tell them, no, 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 you belong. You're, you're one of us. You're part of this. The whole thing has been really amazing to watch, really, really inspiring. And so, yeah, that, that's, the, uh, that's maybe the uh, unabridged version of that video. I think, first of all, I, that person does not represent the industry as a whole. Now, but with that, with that said, there are some corners of this industry and and we both talk about it um, at length. I've noticed you've got a a new video or recent video out Mm -hmm. um, talking about it. I I talk about the toxicity within the industry a lot. And, you know, I think a lot of folks um, don't understand where first generation ranchers, cowboys, show pony people. Um, I don't, I don't think folks understand where first generation comes from. The spark has to get ignited somewhere. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, usually it's that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a first generation horseman and, you know, and I've shown at a high level and I have, you know, traveled all over with horses and I've lived what I've considered my best life with, with mm-hmm. horses. And I can remember a lot of times being snickered at. You know, uh, you know, uh, posting a picture, um, you know, and getting snotty comments from people that were supposed to be my friends, um, right. you know, and, and, and at the time, you know, I was, I was, I was younger, um, and I try, you know, I don't know how I'd feel nowadays. It, it probably spiral me into depre- depression, um, <laughs> that were to happen to me, you know, and I'm 40 It's you know, I just, I take things way too serious <laughs> these days, you know? So, but I, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't understand um, the logic. I, I really don't. The industry is dying. The, if, if we like it or not, the industry as a whole is dying. Day work yeah. is drying up. Ranches are being turned into, you know, resorts and condominiums. And mm-hmm. the show horse world is getting to a point to where um, the 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 cream has risen to the top, and that's where the money's at, and it's very expensive at the bottom. Um, yeah, and a, and a lot of folks they just either they can't afford, um, you know, even getting in the horse ownership now is expensive with the with the price of stuff, you know, compared to what it was five ten years ago. Um, you know, when you're paying you're paying 14 bucks for a square 80 pound square bell of coastal Bermuda. Yeah. How did that happen? Isn't that so crazy? Well, fertilizer is 1800 a ton right now. It's wild. Five a gallon. It's nuts, but not, not, not to harp on that, but the the industry as a whole is, is it can be expensive. Um, Right. And it can be hard to get into, but I, you know, I, I just, I live through eight seconds. Uh, I came up during the urban cowboy days. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yellowstone and, now. Yeah. And Yellowstone now. And 
you know, there's going to be uh, there's going to be quite a few people that are going to really get into Yellowstone. They're going to really love that. They're not just going to move somewhere because it looks pretty. They're going to mm-hmm. go there and try to be a hand. Yeah. And if they go and they try to be a hand and they're a halfway decent hand and just not fingers, what is wrong with that? It, it, it's a great point. You know, I. I didn't actually know that you were a first-generation horseman. I am um, first-generation horseman. Now, my family has a history with with cattle. Um, yeah, we didn't work. I'm I'm East Coast, babe. We did we you know we do everything on uh, ATVs, not a pickup trucks. We honk the horn around here. Um, <laughs> you know, but again, we're not dealing with thousands of acres or you know, in in some places we are, but you know, like th- there is a ranch near me. Uh, that is thousands and thousands of acres. It's yeah. 40, 45 minutes down the road for me. But that ranch, their cattle is divided. Um, you know, yeah. and they're they're more of a horse operation than anything. And they also yeah. grow crops there too. You know, I mean, we we grow the hell out of everything here. Um, yeah. Well, you know what's what's so interesting about you being a first generation horseman? I, I mean, you're the freaking horse daddy, right? I mean, <laughs> like you're you're. Uh, ability level and knowledge on the topic is is really impressive and i i've actually followed you for a long time before you ever reached out I, to me i did not and, know that well i appreciate yeah, that. And, and i've always liked your videos and i've always felt like you've done such a great job representing that whole world and uh it, you're you're totally right like when i hear people talk about like oh i'm seventh generation or fourth generation or whatever it is and that's wonderful and i i love people who are keeping their family tradition alive but you know it's got to start somewhere and and what's cool is it you know it started with you and it can start with anybody and 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 i'm passing it to i'm yeah and i'm passing it to my daughters and i have three beautiful daughters my my oldest she just got her first pony a little 12 and a half hand welsh percheron cross thing i love it I it's love it. it's it's a gray. It's a dull dead head. It, the only thing I have against it is gray, and it is a a nightmare when anybody comes over because she always just looks raggedy because she just got through <laughs> rolling. And uh, it, I just have to explain to people: gray horse gets a bath maybe once a week, once every two weeks. If I'm in a good mood, I'm not bathing this thing every day. I will go <laughs> broke bathing this thing every day. That's, that's right. Yeah. But, um, you know, big, I say big, she's a stocky little gal, big feet, nice. She's good with kids, little pony-ish at times. But, you know, she just got her first, her first, her first horse. I mean, you know, it's a pony, but it, it, it is hers. And now she's got that itch. And now my middle one has come to me and she's like, you know, you know, daddy, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, for anybody, for the record, if you have children, um, they will be the hardest students that you have ever tried to teach. I recommend just finding a trainer that you trust and send your children to them because you, you're going to yeah. pull your hair out because you're just automatically going to expect more, you know, from yeah. your kids. You came from my loins, you know. You, you should, <laughs> but, it's fantastic advice. Yeah, you. I, I know with my kids uh, and they've been on horses for a number of years, um, e- even now. I still, I've probably been uh, like the harshest as an instructor with my children versus anybody else, because I just expect them to know everything that I know, which is a completely ridiculous expectation, you know, but you just, you're just like, I, 
I know how to do that. Why don't you just do it? Just do it the oh, way, yeah. you know, I told you 18 times to do it, right? It, so, yeah. It's, it, it's the the nutty advice. thing about it, and not to go down this rabbit hole, the nutty <laughs> thing about it is, so um, I'm an instructor as well, or was. I had a, a nice writing program here, and then, you know, my my work schedule is crazy, and it's a lot more lucrative than than teaching kids to ride. Um, yeah, yeah. And Most I've been... Are. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've <laughs> it's, man, I I wish I could make it work because it's what I'd want to do every day. But yeah. you know, the I have trained uh MBHA world qualifiers. I've you know, I've had kids go on to have successful uh careers in other disciplines where they got hooked up with other instructors, you know, that 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 got them in there. Um I have a, a gal that that came to me um you know, she's won so much money in sorting, it's not even funny. Um, and through all of that, I was fairly abrasive with these kids. I mean, it just kind of comes with the territory. Like, it's yeah. just, it's you know, you're on a thousand-pound animal that has its own brain. We don't have time to play games. And, you know, it is the, I call it uh, resting and, you know, riding instructor face, where you just stand there and you just, with your arms <laughs> crossed and look disappointed constantly, even though they did a great job. It, <clears throat> But with my kids, I'm probably the most abrasive I have ever been in my life when it when it comes to like, you know, because I'm like, I've already told you this. You know, if it was somebody's paying kid, I'd be like, all right, hold on. What did <laughs> what did we go over last week? Okay. Let's let's we're gonna do a few more minutes of that because apparently you didn't get it. With my kids, I'm like, I done told you once. I'm not telling yeah. you again. I'm just oh, gonna let yeah. you do you wanna get dumped? Because that's how you get dumped. You know, <laughs> I mean it's so funny because it's so true. I, I've said to my, I mean, just the, maybe the meanest things to my kids. I like my, my oldest daughter one time she was, uh, she was working this little pony that she was riding a number of years ago and, and, uh, she just wouldn't get kind of assertive enough in how she was moving her legs. You know, how the old joke, it's more leg, more leg, yeah. right? What's the problem? More leg. That's more the leg. problem. That's it. And, um, and so I was getting after her about that and she just wasn't getting it. And I was like, is your, is your hat on too tight? What is wrong with you? You're just not getting it. Yeah. And you can't, and part of it's because you see them every day and you just, I don't know. What is it about it? Do we think they're going to get it through osmosis? I'm not I, sure. You know, I don't know. It, it's kind of like how I always equate, like, uh, you will say things like to your coworkers and to your friends that you would never say to a stranger because you know that they would just, it would just, it would create a moment where they're just going to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but have, you can you easily just, right yeah, you can just yeah. easily let some things slide with people that you know. And yeah, um, yeah so it's kind of like that. But which back to the. Back to the poser thing, back kind of to the yeah. subject of the of the show, you know, and I've heard I, I grew up. I tried to get away from from cows and farming for a a long through my teens. And um, I, I wanted man, I wanted to be a musician. That's just what I wanted to do. And so in, in my my mid teens, I was like, I don't want nothing to do with this. I want I want to be a musician, this and the other. And in the scene around the genre of music that I was into, I was in a band and everything else. Poser was a big word, and yeah, oh, it was it was thrown out. It was it was it was just thrown out. It was almost to the point it was thrown out like, uh, um, as simple as saying "What's up." 
you know, it was almost, uh, it was almost said sometimes to a degree as a, uh, um, almost like a term of endearment. Like, what's up, poser? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah. And so these days, usually when I hear it, and I guess the word of the day is abrasive because I've already said it four times, I think, on this episode. Abrasive. But I, I think it though. You're doing great with it. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I haven't <laughs> said uh and 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 um too many times so we're we're rolling along we're we're completely professional here i have no idea how i have sponsors the um when when i hear something like poser today it's 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 like nails on a chalkboard Mm -hmm. because i know that the way people are saying it is not in a friendly fun joking way especially in this industry yeah it it, is just ah, it, it it irks me so bad you know when i see somebody if you saw someone walking down the street and they had a flat bill hat on and i mean they're just looking completely fly fresh jewelry (laughs) you know what i mean no seriously jewelry uh super nice clothes you know the the latest whatever popular you know sneakers and uh would you just you know would you look at that guy and go you're not a rapper you're a poser Nah, dude just likes to look nice. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? You know, I mean, just because you wear a football jersey and root for your favorite team doesn't mean you're a player. You're that's, not a- <laughs> that's a great point. You know, it's something that I've never truly understood is why do, why do you care? Like, what difference does it make to you? You know, on that video that I posted, there were maybe two or three comments that were actually a little bit negative about it. And one of the guys actually said, you know what, we really, we need gatekeeping. Like we really need to keep these people out that don't deserve to be. I would, I would, I would almost bet that person is probably 18, 19 years old. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't bother to even like click and look at their yeah, profile. I, I can, you know, I can, I can imagine that. the guy. He's probably, I don't know, five eleven, six foot kind of Husky. Um, you know, that, that 250, 260 range, got that feathered hair coming out from under a flat bill Drake hat. Oh, yeah. He, he might even, even be uh, working on one of them Mississippi waterfall kind of mullets. You yeah, know that's what I'm that's right. The old Mississippi mud flap. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, yep, I, I've got the mental image because that's user whatever number, number, number. That is usually right. the one that's always commenting on my stuff. You know, it's, it's usually somebody that looks just like that. They're commenting on my stuff. And I'm like, yeah. man, I, you know. And I say that, and it's not because I'm passing judgment for folks that look that way. I'm saying that because it, it usually seems to be a very trendy teenager. And I'm not picking on the young folks because I've seen just as many older folks do it too. Yeah, they get ugly too. Yeah. They, they get they get ugly too. But when I start digging into most of the people, because I'm one of those people, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm a history guy. Research is my my thing. Mm-hmm. So I just start digging in. You know, I start looking at Instagrams and their their TikTok feed and stuff like that. And she was like, "Yeah, we need everybody out of you know. We don't want people like that. You know, with your rubber sole boots and your 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 this that and the other and wearing them square toes. And you have to go through a whole thing about how well technically square toe and a, a, a wide blunt round toe is like the original boot, my guy. But you know, you, you go through that, you know, and then you look and they're a truck driver. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and that's like against truck drivers because seriously, guys, you keep America going. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, it, you know, don't talk about a kid that's a day worker, you know, in West Texas about yeah. the shape of his hat. Yeah. Or the boots yeah, well, he's wearing. I mean, seriously. And, and why does that even confront me at all? Right. It, it like, shouldn't. Why? It shouldn't even bother you. Yeah. Yeah. Just let, let the kid do what he's, he's going to do. And, and you do it the way you want to do it, and everybody goes home happy. You know, have, uh, it, it's such a weird, weird thing for people to want to do. I have never been so embarrassed by reading someone else's comment. So I follow, um, I follow two guys, uh, and both of them are, are Western fashion guys. Um, mm-hmm. One of them does does have a horse. Um, I don't know what he does with his horse. It's really none of my business what he does with his horse. If he wants to sure. tell the public what he does, then whatever. He could be a pleasure rider, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot cheaper. The um, <laughs> that's cheaper than showing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. and 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 both of these young men are both African American, and mm-hmm. I'm talking they have some straight up good looking fits, man. And they're both good looking guys. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've seen both of these fellas. I know who you're yeah, talking one, about. One is Radio Rod, and mm-hmm. uh, he is a music industry guy. And man, he is getting and meeting his idols, you know. And then the other guy, I cannot remember his name, and um. But I, I follow both of those guys. And the, the other guy, not Rod, the other guy, somebody commented on one of his videos and go, I wonder if anybody's ever told him he's black. Wow. And then so yeah, he made the know. best reply to that. He made a reply video to that. And it's him. He sits, he sits down. He straightens his cowboy hat. Beautiful American cowboy hat, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like looking at his watch. He reaches up and he grabs a decanter. It just beautiful crystal decanter pours him a bourbon takes a sip at the bourbon and then it, he squints like he's just now noticing the comment and he pulls his arm up and he looks he looks at his arm and he's like holy hell you know <laughs> oh man i love it so much you i, know, I it, do too it reminds me a bit of this experience i had when i was a kid actually and um i was i don't know maybe like six seven eight something like that in that range and i was uh my family had just gone to the rodeo and we'd just gotten done and and we were going to this steakhouse and i can't remember the name of this steakhouse but um the way that that restaurant was built is you had it was like two stories and in the middle of the restaurant was one of those big huge slides you see it like a fall carnival kind of thing. Oh yeah. And and then all around the side, you had like all the tables. And I think the idea was, you know, let the kids go play and the parents can enjoy their meal. And so anyway, I'm, I'm on that slide and I'm ripping around and just having a good time. And this little girl goes down before me. Then, uh, then I go down right after her. Well, she gets to the bottom and doesn't move. And I just run right into her. And this little girl, she was fine. Uh, but her mom was sitting right at the bottom of the slide and watched this whole thing happen. And she tanned my hide, man. Like she just chewed me out for not watching and not being careful and being mean. And I, you know, I'm like seven. And so I'm, I'm really upset because I just had this adult scream and yell at me. So I go back to my table and uh, I'm, you know, I'm crying and everything. And, and my old man asked me he's like what's what's wrong what happened so i tell him the story and and he goes which women did it 
And, uh, you know, cause so then I point at this gal from, you know, across the restaurant and, and I stay at our table. He go walks over and, you know, gives her a piece of his mind. And, and then he comes back and, um, he's like, it's fine, go play. And I don't want to, right. I'm still upset. I don't want to go play. And, and, uh, he asked me, he's like, what's wrong with you? Why, why aren't you going? And I told him I'm still upset. I don't want to. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, son, F him. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. All right. He's like, you don't need to worry about what that woman thinks or what anybody else thinks. You just go and you do what's right. And that moment has stayed with me for so, so long. And I love, cause it's just like that kid. He just, you know, he's got the F him in his head, right? He's yeah. like, who cares? Right. And that that's been one of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned. So if somebody does treat you poorly, F them. Right. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, there there was a great book written called The Art of Not Giving One. You know, The Art yeah, of Not yeah. Giving Enough. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing read uh, for anyone. And um, we you know, there's a lot of folks out there these days that seem to farm those things. But for some reason, my land is barren. And that was, that was, that was the, the, you know, and, and all jokes aside, that was one of the things I used to, I used to get in my feelings a lot in in my 20, late teens, twenties, you know, I always felt like, you know, when I started this journey with horses and everything, I, I, you know, I always felt like I was behind everyone else that I, you know, and that whenever anyone was talking, I always was like, they're talking about me, aren't they? Mm. You know, and because I just I, I just got in my head and I cared that much. And once I learned to not. Yeah, it was just, you know, and I'm not telling folks to, to turn their feelings off. You, you should have feelings and you should care, but you shouldn't care uh, about spiteful, nasty people that just yeah, really just right. live to be nasty and spiteful because by you caring, you're giving them the exact response they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, you know the, the second part of my dad's advice in that in that um, story, I you know, it's probably easy to overlook, but he was like, "Go out and do the right things," and you can't let other people tell you not to. You can't let them judge you for doing it, and, and if they do, that's their problem, right? Most of the people who are engaged in trying to tear down others, it's because there's something inside of them that they're not happy about, right? Like th- there's something that's sick inside of their soul. And, and that's why they feel like they got to, you know, spew poison out to everybody else. And you just can't give somebody who's sick inside of their soul the satisfaction of, of letting that stuff bother you. Oh, yeah. The, you know, just roll through. You can go through YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, doesn't matter. And I'll use horses as an example because that's, the you know, the world we are in. Yeah. But, you know, just roll. let anybody you can you could post a picture of metallic cat. And, yeah. and there's going to be, I don't know, somebody's going to say he looks a little underweight. Somebody's going to say he looks a little <laughs> overweight. Somebody's going to say, I don't quite get the confirmation there. Someone to say, I don't know this horse, but I hate that color. Um, I mean, you're going to have so, so, so much, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm an East Coast guy. So we see a lot of, um, we see a lot of gated horses, primarily yeah. saddlebred, standard breads and Tennessee walkers, um, mm-hmm. which are, you know, my, my two favorite horse breeds on the entire planet um, are Missouri Foxtrotters and Morgans. I get a mm-hmm. lot of looks in the Western world when I say that. And then I have to remind them 
where most of their horses come from. Yeah. Know, where, where they got that where they got that fat neck and, and shoulder from and I'm like, you know, right, right. That's so funny. Yeah. There was a fellow one time that had a horse. But uh <laughs> you know, they <laughs> but we see a lot of gated horses out here. And and I don't know what it is, but whenever I see someone post, you know, even a, a flat shod horse, um that is is you know uh, five gated or whatever like a like a saddle bread people just lose their mind and just automatically they just automatically assume that they're sore in that horse and tying chains to it and this that and the other yeah. you know and i have the same thing a good friend of mine hannah schroeder I've, um she comes on the round table here sometimes she's in the pasofino mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and um you know if you're not if you're not used to to seeing um pasofino's move on the sounding board um it's a little culture shock but i remember the first time i saw it i thought there's something terribly wrong with that animal and (laughs) you know i saw so many people like you know ganging up on her at at a show you know because she posted a video the video went viral Mm -hmm. and uh talking about abuse and this and the other i've been in horses 30 years and that is abuse i know abuse and so what do i do being the guy i am I just go find a video of a Pasofino fold doing the exact same thing. I'm talking a fold. It's not even like a month old. I'm like, have they taught it to do it that quick? I, if whoever did that needs to come train horses for me. Yeah, that's right. They're a genius. Yeah. That's right. know, we're going to get rich. <laughs> interesting. You mentioned um, like the confirmation of Vitalik Cat as, as just as an example. I, I actually used to work at the American Quarter Horse Association. And uh, one of the most interesting things that I saw all the time in that building in Amarillo, Texas, was you'd have, you know, some of the greatest horsemen around would come visit and, and you'd, you'd talk to them, some of the biggest industry folks around. And all of these people would look at, because that office is full of paintings and pictures and, you know, historic sculptures and artwork, and it's very beautiful. Um, but inevitably, no matter who you were with in that building, they would look at some image of whoever, Peppy Sandbadge or whatever, and they they would say, "That's not a quarter horse, right? That that's that's not what they're supposed to look like." And and it's you're the, just like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> you know, the thing about quarter horses, and I, I always there's a quarter horse, there's a flavor of quarter horse for anything you want. That that is such a great way to put and, that because you know so much variation in the breed, and and that is why. You know, that is, and that is why the AQHA itself exists because let's call a spade a spade here. The AQHA is a performance horse registry. You yes. have the foundation quarter horse registries, the, both of those handle the, the your original, uh, you know, quarter horses that are a few hundred years old. The AQHA is not about the preservation of a type of horse. It is about, mm-hmm. it, it is about the betterment of what they consider a quarter horse. In fact, if if you look on the AQHA's websites right now, that it, it they're one of their main goals is the improvement of the American quarter horse. Yep. I have people all the time that are like, I think there's too much thoroughbred in there nowadays. And I'm like, where the hell do you think the quarter horse come from? Well, that's such a great point. Like when you go back in the history, <laughs> um, nobody knows where they come from, right? Like no, most people don't know where they come from, but when you do go back into the history, you realize that there's it's this amalgamation of all these other breeds to hopefully yeah. build this thing that can run the quarter mile race faster than any other animal. You know, it, it was and, seriously and a bunch that. of it was seriously a bunch of colonists that got bored 
and yeah. they, would, they would run the straightaways, you yeah. know, bet- between villages and towns. And when they started to get these influx of what they were calling thoroughbreds, these descendants of the Godolphin Arabian and so on, that were, that were coming into the states, these British horses, they were like, let's breed that with uh, with Bill's horse over there, Bill's horse, right. you know, and. <laughs> And you started yeah. getting that, and then you got an influx, and everybody goes, well, where did they get Cowie? Where they got Cowie because of the cracker horses in Florida and mm-hmm. South Georgia as they moved down the East Coast. That's right. The quarter horse came from east of the Mississippi. And yeah. they, they got him with – that too loud, yeah. I don't know. They got him with these cracker horses from – that were descendants of Spanish stock, and then they went out west and got more Spanish stock in them. You yep. know, and they got heavy doses of things like Morgan. And then yeah, I I try to explain that if you look at the foundation sires of the AQHA, the majority of them were racehorses. Joe Hancock yep. was a racehorse. You know, some of the punchiest That's right. Russian ranch horses on the planet. The founding sire was a racehorse. Racehorse. Yeah. People. I, it's amazing that people don't understand that. All your bar horses, all your bar horses descend from three bars, a thoroughbred. Yeah. You know, you, right. uh, if you own a jet deck, you know, or anything like that, that, that came from top deck, a thoroughbred, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I'm, it's hard. People have this image. And again, it, it's, it's part of the industry that people are just so willing to go out on a limb and just go, uh, that's not right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's this really interesting thing that I see, you know, while we're talking about breeds right now, where th- there's all this animosity between breeds, even, which is very, very unusual to see. And, and because they all kind of overlap in some different ways and they all have their uses and they're all beautiful and wonderful in their own ways. And, um, you know, I've heard people a lot of times say, oh, I won't ride anything but a fill in the blank right it doesn't matter yeah it, which i feel like is such a short-sighted and silly way to see the world um, because there's fantastic morgans there's fantastic quarter horses there's fantastic you know botted saddle horses there's oh, there's yeah. great horses in each one of those breeds and um and they all serve a really really wonderful purpose and well, they're they're breeds for a reason because they right. were they were groups of people that really liked the traits that those horses had and they, they became they became breeds now i'll be the first to tell you and i'm sure you'll agree there are breeds that are going to be more inclined to do certain things better than right. others but yeah. the breed was never designed to do that you you can't sit there and say well i i you know i hate fill in the blank because uh, I never had one that was any good, and you're asking it to, to sort cows. Yeah, um, I'm not going to put a Clydesdale on a racetrack. Yeah. I no, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm like, well, that's a pleasure horse, you know. <laughs> and then you and then you have, you know, what usually blows my mind. Now, I am I joke about this all the time, and I'm, I'm not serious. People that have followed me a long time knows the, the joke about me and Appaloosas. Um, and it's because and I usually dig at the the folks that are just all about those like super flashy uh, Appaloosas that came out of the 80s that were bred purely for color. And it was not the horse's <laughs> fault. And they no. just had and, and some of them, unfortunately, did not get a brain. And yeah. they, but they, they were gorgeous. Yeah, um, they are. You know, and then I, I always tell, you know. I always tell folks, I'm like, you know, what is my you, you want to know what my favorite flavor of Appaloosa is a solid one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, that. yeah. That's right, you know. And um 
it blows folks' minds, you know, every time I hop, hop, hop on the, the Appaloosa thing. And, and, and it's firmly tongue-in-cheek, but I will get folks riled up with that all day <laughs> long. And then they're like, but you'll defend Arabians. And I'm like, I know where the horse comes from, you know? Yeah. But, um, and it's the same thing. You'll hear people say that, uh, you know, all Arabians are stupid, all Arabians are this. And I'm sorry that those folks have only been around poorly bred ones or did not know how to ride that horse. Yeah. Um, because Arabians are super intelligent. They can be in-your-pocket type horses. And there's a reason why there are ranches out there that have ranch Arabians, and they breed the hell out of Arabians to work cows. Yeah. Same I, way you know, with Morgans. I, there's Morgan ranches. Oh, I, and I think Morgans are fantastic animals for ranch work. I, I have a buddy who actually, he, he was given an Arabian once upon a time, and he taught it to be a, uh, a head horse. And so he was team roping off of this Arabian you would not believe the comments that he got. I mean, that Arabian's like flagging through the whole arena. It's really fun oh, yeah. to watch. But but the the nasty, nasty comments about him walking into team roping with an Arabian was really incredible, honestly, and in some ways kind of despicable. Um, oh, yeah. And you know what? He walked in there and he was winning buckles and he was winning saddles. It was awesome. We we ran in the NBHA, which I, that's a totally another thing, being male yeah. and being in the NBHA. That, that, yeah, just, that yeah. brings out the – everybody's you know team roper boyfriend has something to say about the guy that's, that's chasing kids. <laughs> The uh, and no offense to team ropers, but y- y- y'all know who you are. The well, um, time to make fun of in team roping too, right? That's right, because you know, yeah. And I only say that because it, it was a team roper that actually said something to me one time, and yeah. uh, actually it was the team roper's girlfriend that actually said something to me, which made that's it even worse. Right. Yeah, yeah that, but right. the anyway, uh, and if you don't know what that connotation is, just just Google Mel Bear Racer. There's going to be just yeah comments yeah but don't take it too seriously when you google it yeah yeah no 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 no. apparently we're all one sexual orientation but the um and and it's it and it it, yeah regardless we ran a quarab for years and she was built like a limousine Mm. and i mean she was she was long you know usually you've got more these days we see a little bit more bulk in those horses um Mm. They are a little more compact. Um, there was a time when the appendix kind of ruled the roost, but now we're starting to see these these lines of barrel horses that are specifically bred as barrel horses, you know, and the majority of which are AQHA registered horses. Sure. We ran a Corab, and we might as well had horns growing out of our head. But th- <laughs> but this mare, this mare, she was a fire breathing dragon. But this mare. She would run like her tail was on fire. Yeah. Clean, um, a little mouthy sometimes around other horses, but we fixed that. But, I mean, clean runs, took kids the world. I mean, just an amazing horse. And there was, you know, I've heard it from, I've heard it from folks on, on TikTok, you know, whenever I would talk about the horse and I'm like a Corab, I've never even heard of a Corab. Why would, why would you barrel race that? You know, and then somebody go, uh oh arabians aren't good for anything you know and i'm like this i'm like well i just showed you that a half arab was you know yeah at that yeah i mean it I, I was at the snaffle bit futurity once upon a time this is maybe four or five years ago and a fella showed up with a um a branded mustang 
right? Like a BLM branded Mustang with the freeze brand on its neck and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't actually remember how well he did. I mean, he didn't win the whole thing or anything like that, but, but he was out there competing at a really, really high level. And he was, he did a really, really great job. And it's same deal, man. You would have thought there was horns growing out of his head. I, I can't even imagine the comments he got behind the scenes at the barn. Oh yeah. But, um, he, I mean, he was out there killing it. Do, do you know, do you know Sarah Waddell, the rare buckaroo? I do. Yeah. So, so Sarah, she posted a video. She's got a, she works for the BLM. She's a wrangler for the BLM. Yeah. Out um, in Oregon, right? Uh, yep. Out in Oregon. Yeah, and, yeah. um, so she has a beautiful Mustang that is literally one of the smartest horses I have ever yeah. seen. And yeah. her name is Reba. She is a hell of a ranch mare. I'm talking mm -hmm. just a hell of a ranch horse. And so she said that she really wanted to breed that horse. Mm -hmm. And um, because the, the horse is super cowy, it is what she's looking for. And mm -hmm. you've got a lot of branches that have their own their own lines that are grade lines that they are specifically bred, and those foals are sold before they even hit the ground. That's exactly right. And, yeah, and and you'd be the amount of people that are calling her backyard breeder. This is why it'll probably end up in a kill pen because you shouldn't breed mustangs. This that and the other. And I'm like, you're mm -hmm. not talking about someone who's an idiot here. That yeah, that's exactly they are looking. Right. They are looking at the qualities in this horse and are trying to get another ranch horse. They're not breeding it just so they can get oh, so uh, my mare. I can have a baby from my mare. I can have a piece of her when she's gone, <laughs> you know, type thing. You know, and it's, yeah. three, it's it was it was born three leg lame and you know this that and the yeah. other. Those are the horses that usually end up in some bad situations. Sometimes yeah. this horse is not going to end up in a bad situation because I'm sure whatever stud that she puts with this mare is going to be a hellacious stud, and she's yeah. hoping for a hellacious baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the yeah, grief you know, that she is getting right now, I, I can only imagine. You know, and those Mustangs, they, gosh, they carry such a stigma, which is probably a little unfair. I mean. I, I, if you go out to my barn right now, I've got four Mustangs out there and one of them is, man, maybe one of the best horses I've ever had. Uh, just remarkably intelligent, uh, a lot more athletic than you would maybe expect it to be coming out, you know, coming oh, yeah. off the desert. Um, fantastic horses. Now, to be fair, it's just like every breed, like there's some papered AQHA horses that should not be bred. Right. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. Just yeah. because and, and it's got paperwork doesn't mean that that paperwork needs to continue. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that is like within each breed, there are there are animals that are worthy of kind of moving on to the next generation. And there's some that are not. And that's OK. That's normal animal husbandry. And I think that's also true in the Mustang world, right? There's some beautiful, beautiful animals out there oh, yeah. that are smart, intelligent, tough and gritty and have good cow sense and everything else. And to lose those just because it's got a freeze brand on its neck would be a mistake. Ab absolutely. I, I a hundred percent, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board there. The, you know, and that's uh, Aaron, feral Aaron. She posted a video and she's talking about who says feral horses can't move. She posted, she posted this, this big stocky Appalachian feral. Um, that was one of the prettiest movers I have seen in forever. And I'm just drooling going, Ooh, what a dressage prospect that yeah. would be. And it's a feral horse, you know? And yeah. 
we're not saying that if you go to the BLM right now and adopt a yearling, that's what you're going to get. Um, because it is, you know, it is, it is the luck of the draw because we are yeah, talking about feral. Yeah, we are talking about feral bred horses here. Yeah. But the the thing is, is there are some there are some real diamonds in the rough if you're willing to to put in the work. Um, yeah, exactly right. With those horses, and don't count them out. Which you shouldn't count out any horse. It doesn't matter what That's it is. If somebody. It doesn't matter if, if somebody is. You know, I'm going to use roping as an example. If somebody's wanting to get started in in team roping, and the only thing that they own, you know, is some grade. Uh, barns you know sale barn horse that was a, a pleasure horse that's a dull deadhead but it will it will at least lope you know what that's going to give him that's going to give him more useful saddle time in throwing a loop than him standing in the backyard throwing at a bella hay and a fake cow head yeah i think that's a great point too like there's like the right horse for Stephen foster is not the right horse for everybody you know like I, I want really really specific things out of an animal that i have that i wouldn't recommend for other people exactly and uh, I, I think we got to be okay with that too uh, which is part of my problem like when people look at a, a horse even within a breed registry and say that that's not it right that's not it well how do you know it's not it might not be it for you but it could be it for you know that 14 year old kid down the road who needs that kind of horse you know that's right it doesn't mean that that it doesn't mean that that horse needs to even breed exactly yep. it just means that you know what there's probably some out somebody out there for that horse you know there's a lot of performance horses that were bred as performance horses that just did not get the performance inkling in them there's a there's a lot of off the track thoroughbreds that will barely come up to a lobe you know and yeah, well, those well, deadheaded yeah. horses have a place there are pleasure riders there are people there are kids that that want their first horse and those yeah. are sometimes those are perfect horses for them and don't deny people that you know that might light the spark you know in somebody that's right, right yeah and, and and that's really what we're talking about here right is don't let your own personal proclivities place limitations on other people. That's not the right thing to do. No, never. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about it. And um, gosh, it's, it's such an interesting thing. When So when I was at AQHA, one of the things that we really, really worked hard on, and I think we're maybe successful with, and maybe sometimes weren't always successful with, but it was trying to develop like the next generation of horsemen and horsewomen. And um, unfortunately there's um, a, I don't want to say like a stigma that comes with AQHA, but um, you know, we were, we were for that, that breed. And so, you know, we were at times a little heavy handed saying, this is, this is the horse you should ride, you know, which was part of what we were supposed to be doing. But um there are all kinds of great animals out there for all kinds of different riders. And one of the things that I feel really, really strongly about is people who do have the knowledge, do have the experience, you have a really serious responsibility to the next generation of exactly. being open-minded about, about bringing the next generation up and showing them, you know, the value of different animals and different breeds. I've always been really pretty breed agnostic, even though I worked at AQHA, um, because I see value across all of them. 
And I feel like this really, really heavy weight to make sure that my kids and the kid up the road and, and everybody them around gets like a really full, honest appraisal of what's out there and what you can do with it. Yeah. You know, and I've always kind of been that way too. I think everybody has breeds that work for them and breeds that, um, they enjoy, uh, more than others. I'm, you know, I have breeds that work for me. Therefore I obviously like more than other breeds. Um, but it doesn't mean that you should count those other breeds out because for someone else, that might be the absolute perfect horse. Yeah. You know, there's this, uh, there's this rancher who lives just right up the road from me, just a couple of miles. And he, he's, I love him. He's a little old fashioned in the way he likes to do stuff, but he's real kind about it at the same time. And so when he has to go feed, um, and he's throwing hay, he, he actually hooks up an old hay wagon to a team of Pertrons. Oh, wow. And, and it's really cool to watch. In fact, the, the first time I met him is because I was driving by and I saw him out there and I was like, I've got to stop and talk to this fella. And, and he's, you know, just one of the sweetest, kindest guys you'll ever meet. And, um, it, you know, I've never owned a Percheron. I don't see a situation where I would need to. But, uh, man, he sure makes good use of those horses. And, and it's I'm- really cool to drive by I am one of those folks too. Like I have a lot of friends that have drafts and yep. they love them. And every time I've ever been around them, they are just drafts are a special, special, they are special breeds, be it Clydesdale, so Percheron, too. you know, it, it doesn't matter. Some of the crosses that are used in the, in the carriage world, they are just special horses. I yeah. personally don't have a use for one. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's going to be a big expense to look at and probably pleasure ride. Therefore not going to jump out there, you know, through that, through that hoop. But uh, yeah, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. I love to watch drafts work. Yeah. It's cool. Um, isn't it? And I'm, I'm the same way with mules. I, I absolutely love mules. I love to watch a team of mules. I love to watch saddle mules, um, yep. ranch mules. I, I mean, it just mules, man. I, I'd love mules. And I've owned mules, and then I realized that I am not a mule trainer. Yeah, um, <laughs> they, you, you hit on something really, really important there, though, right? Like uh, your realization that you're not a mule trainer is—it doesn't mean you're not, you know, a horseman. It doesn't mean that you there's not a spot for you in the world. It's just not that, right? Yeah. And, and that's all right. Oh yeah, and yeah. instead of ruining a really nice mule, I passed her along to somebody that I knew, you know, was up to the task of working with a mule. You know, yeah. but one of my one of my favorite things about where we live now is, and this is real different from West Texas where I'm from, is um, all the mountains all over the place around here, and so I like to take the horses and go right up in the mountains. And I, I mean, there's just nothing quite like that. Yeah. And when you see like, a, you know, a couple of hunters riding down the mountain on this really steep single track, you know, rocky terrain and everything else with a team of mules just packing out an elk. There's nothing oh, yeah. like that in the world to see. It's oh, so no. cool. How far are you from Coeur d'Alene? Oh, pretty far. I'm pretty I'm far? in. Okay. Yeah, I'm in like southeast Idaho. Oh, okay. And Coeur d'Alene's up in the Panhandle, so yeah, it's it's about as far away as I could possibly be and be in the same yeah. state. One of my favorite podcasters is out of Coeur d'Alene. That's the only reason I know Coeur d'Alene. I, I, I've looked at pictures of that area. Holy cow! 
unreal. Idaho, you know, if if never, you know, if in your mind all you think about is potatoes when you think about Idaho, no, 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 you just need to go Google Idaho and yeah. just look at pictures. Holy cow, that state is beautiful. It really, you know, I've only lived here for about a year and a half or so, but uh, yeah, I'm in love with it, man. It is, it is absolutely gorgeous. And it you're is, right. There, it's an outdoorsman's, it's an outdoorsman's paradise. It really is. Yeah. Well, it's one of the only places, you know, being from Texas where it's like 97% of the land is privately owned. Um, and then coming to Idaho where I think it's like 70% of the land is public land. I can literally get on a horse and pick a direction in certain parts and just ride for days. And uh, it, it's incredible. Like that's such a neat experience. And yeah, so if you're not from, you know, the West, uh, and and you've got some interest in the stuff like that. Take the trip once in a while. It, it's so cool. I'm yeah. I'm supposed to the the farthest west I have ever been is Dallas Fort Worth, and yeah. uh, you know that's, <laughs> that's that's about the furthest east I've ever been. Yeah, yeah. See, and you know it's it's one of those things. I live in I live in South Carolina, which is a, a beautiful state in its own right, and I live in one of the few areas that I can be in the, the um the great Smokies national park that morning. And I can be laying on the beach with the pina colada a little after lunch. Well, that ain't bad. Yeah. That ain't bad either. You know, and if I just want to see mountains within a three hour span, um, I can, you know, drive from beach to mountains. I'm gorgeous beaches too. You know, I can be fly fishing for trout that morning and then trolling for kingfish <laughs> and, and, you know that that by one o'clock yeah that i mean that's amazing too right that that's really really cool i you know one of the things that's been cool out here is uh you know i can't do that but i can be on high desert and then be up on an alpine lake you know really really quickly and 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 that's the uh, stuff that interests me yeah because it's completely (laughs) it's completely foreign because when i tell people like Oh, I can be in the mountains in the morning and on the beach in the afternoon. They're like, that sounds amazing. I'm like, well, you know, I, where you're from sounds amazing. <laughs> well, I guess it's a, uh, you know, we always want what we don't have, I suppose, huh? That's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to, uh, Stephen, I want to get you back on at some point. And yeah, I'd love to. I want to get you back on. I want you to, I want you to tell your whole story. Uh, okay. Because you have been a super, super interesting guest. And oh, I, I, I mean, and I mean that seriously. Um, when I first invited you on, I thought, you know, we were going to just run through, you know, you telling the story and we talk about the industry a little bit. I did not know we were just, this is where we were going to go. And I want to have you back on and I want to talk about your story your time with the AQHA and, and really mm-hmm. dig into really dig into some horses at some point. Yeah. I'd love kinda, to. I, we I kind of touched I, on it, but Holy cow. You were just as eloquent I mean, on we, my show as you are in your videos. And I'm, I'm kind of ashamed. Oh, thank you. Well, <laughs> no, I, I look, I've been a huge fan of you for a long time. I, in fact, when uh, I told one of my friends that I was going to be on your podcast and, and they're, they're not from like the, equestrian world or anything like that and they were like so what is who is he and what's he like and and one of the things i told him was like there's few people who 
who has as deep a knowledge across the entire equestrian world as, as he does and makes it pretty accessible and easy for people who aren't from it to really understand. It, it's really easy to, to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Steel Dust this and, and, and you know, Peppy Sam Hedger that and Pepto Boonsmall and, and people are completely lost, you know. It's really, really easy to go down that path, and and I'm guilty of it because I geek out on some of that stuff I, too. I geek out so bad, and then I have to, I have to kind of rein myself in. I do too, all the time, because I'm because I know I'm like I'm I'm talking over their head. I don't mean to, you know, and <laughs> you know, I so when I say so, and I kind of do that. And first of all, I greatly appreciate all the compliments. I it, it is, it's a labor of love more than anything yeah. else, and. I enjoy the comments of folks that are like, wow, I didn't know that. And holy cow, I never even thought about this horse. I haven't even heard of this horse. I'm going to go look at this horse now. You know, and we are, I, sometimes I hate the fact, and I have a YouTube channel and I don't do a lot with it, but mm -hmm. you know, and I can do long, long format there. But what I have found is that three minute constraint has really made me put out the, the vital information, yeah. let it roll in a way to get someone interested enough that they're going to go research further because I always have people that want to comment and they're like, Oh, you left out this and oh, you left out that. And I'm like, it's three minutes. Man. It's three minutes. Um, but my, my goal is to get someone interested. I, I want yeah. to be the reason that someone um, goes out and they start researching and they start taking lessons and they start thinking about maybe purchasing their own horse or, or leasing their first horse. Um, I'll never turn anybody away from from leasing their first horse. Um, yeah, I think it's it, a great option. It, it, it's it, there's a lot of upside for the the first time horse owner to to do um, you know a, a lease and an outside lease. The you know it boils down to this. When I was at Road to the Horse last year, it was the first time that it ever sunk into me. Mm. that i didn't just have followers i had fans yeah and i don't mean that as a way of just um I, oh you know I'm, I'm humble bragging or anything <laughs> it was when it it was when it sunk in and i had i had people just approaching me the the whole week i was up there it's like i'd follow you you know on this app or i follow you here and i listen to your show and this that and the other take a picture and then the day it was uh the second to the last day of road to the horse, I go walking out to my truck. I drove up there and, you know, but my, my farm and brand are on the back of my pickup truck. And there was a group of people around my pickup truck. And I'm like, and I just figured it was just a bunch of people that had too much to drink. And they were just leaning, talking on my truck because, you know, it was <laughs> sure. there. You know, so I walk up, I'm like, Hey, you know, what's up? And I get my keys and I'm getting ready to get in. And this guy's like, uh, man, we all follow you uh, on TikTok. We love it, you know, this, that, and the other. And it, it really sunk in at that point that there were people that were, you know, really into this. And the people, there was a, another, the, it was a whole group of people. Some of them did not know each other. They just all, like, found my truck. Oh. And one of the ladies there she goes you know i rode when i was uh, a little girl she goes my grandparents had a horse and she goes and i hadn't seen a horse since they passed away and she said and i was watching one of your videos about um getting started in the horse world and 
it made me go out and take lessons again and I'm getting ready to buy a horse. And you're the reason I came. They drove up from Pennsylvania just to go to road the horse and just to see me. And I was like, holy cow. You know, I mean, that is crazy. I, I mean, you shouldn't feel weird about that though. I mean, your following is very well earned. Like, and I'm sure hard earned as well, you know, like you've done it some is. really fantastic work and you're a great ambassador for our world and for our industry. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I love it, man. I got, I got a question for you that I'm, I'm super curious about. Yeah. Go Some, ahead. Somebody on that video that we talked about at the beginning, somebody gave me a nickname based off of that. And I'll tell you what it is in a minute, but I'm, you've got the nickname I'm really, truly jealous of um horse daddy it's amazing i i love i love that nickname how do you feel about that nickname you know it doesn't i smile you know when i when i hear it and it was kind of a self-inflicted wound um (laughs) you know when i say it my co-host on the show and unfortunately she's under the weather right now jessamine rice the um when whenever anybody says it, she she has an audible eye roll. I don't know if you ever met anybody that has an audible <laughs> eye roll. But um, the you know, and how that started. If you want the story, of how that started, there is a there's a guy on TikTok. He's got millions of followers. He does some really funny videos, and he's always shirtless with a duck. And yeah, super, yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, yeah, super super handsome guy. He is um. I'm, I'll say it. he's uh, an adult film star, but when you look like that, why not? You know, <laughs> and um, but he's always got ducks and he, he's told the story about being young and having a baby duck. And he's always had ducks. He just loves ducks. And there's not a damn thing wrong with that. Right. I think that is so cool that I, uh, I like a duck. Yeah, I, I like I like a duck when it's not chasing me. Yeah. The, uh, the you know. Uh, I like I like wood ducks wrapped in bacon. Those are good. Oh yeah, very good. Yeah, no, and and but I love that you know this guy, who probably didn't grow up on a farm, probably not just fell in love with something that we would associate mainly with farms, and you know, and they the a bunch of my followers, um, I I I did a little funny video, just a trend video, and um. It was him with the duck, and he was talking about his um, uh, account on a on a, a pay adult site. And I was like, and I just did this funny little quick thing, fifteen second thing. I was like, please tell me what's what's up with the duck. Please tell me the duck's not involved. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, does the duck mention with those videos? Yeah, yeah. and I did not, and I didn't know anything about this guy, and I found out he's like the sweetest human, you know, um, when it comes to his ducks, but um. And he gives, you know, money away all the daggum times. It's hard to hate on that guy. You know, and I, I don't, I, you know, I have nothing, but he's just, he's always like helping other creators too. So I'm just yeah. like, you know, you can't, you can't fault a guy, you know, why would I, you know, he's living, he's living his version of his dream. And that's what's important. The, so somebody said, oh, by the way, that's duck daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> duck daddy. I said, so. Am I horse daddy? I love it. It, it was on a it was on a live. And then <laughs> next it's just thing, stuck ever since. Next day for like a month after that, 
everybody just would just like spam duck daddy in comments and um i mean uh horse daddy in comments so i said you know what i'm gonna make a t-shirt that says horse daddy yeah and i took the uh i took the coors banquet logo and made it (laughs) made it horse daddy it's like the cheesiest (laughs) thing ever i do not recommend anybody buying it but if you do it it goes to feeding underprivileged horses in south carolina yeah I'm, Uh, i'm buying one as soon as we're done here Oh gosh, the uh, yeah, my horses really aren't underprivileged, but you know, it, 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 every little bit helps. But anyway, so I made the T-shirt, and I bet I sold fifty of those things in like the first week. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy cow!" So that's for the so I roll with it now. That's great. It, it it's hilarious. It's yeah. it's fun, you know. I don't like. I'd be embarrassed if somebody come in. I'm like, I'm not. I've had people walk up to me in public and go, horse daddy, I follow you in a gas station. You know, I live in a very equestrian community. So, I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure I have a lot of followers and everybody knows I live in Aiken. So I'm sure everybody in Aiken, you know, follows me. And, yeah. um, yeah. People coming up to you at church calling yeah. you horse daddy. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> the, the funny, the, the funny thing is, and you said hard earned followers, you know, it, it's, it is a niche. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I know people that are like my friend Kayla, who is half and badass. She she has Flynn the mule, um, mm-hmm. lives out in California, and she's the most amazing, sweet soul you'd ever want to meet. And she is hilarious. But most of her videos is like like her her type of comedy is like that loud, obnoxious comedy. And I love yeah. that, you know, <laughs> and. She has so many people that comment and are like, oh my God, do you know how obnoxious you are? And I love she had 1.4 million followers. Wow. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm 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 rolling with my getting close to 70,000 here, you know. I'm cool, I'm cool with that. But you know, it is a it's a very niche thing that I do. And it's gonna be yeah. one of those things you have to be interested. You you have to be interested in the the history of the people and the history of the horses and the history of the industry mm-hmm. to to want to get that information all the time. Yeah. And so I there was a time when I used to look at my follower count and go, man, it's growing slow. And now mm-hmm. I look at my engagement from followers, though, and I have a, a high engagement. And I'm starting to realize that the, the, the type of followers I'm getting is the type of followers I want. And those yeah. are the ones that really want that information. It, it It, you know, either makes their day or it is something that, you know, um, gets the old gears turning that maybe they'll get interested in in the history of these wonderful animals that we get to call our friends every day yeah. you know and i have a lot of followers that don't even own horses you know they, they don't want to own horses i have followers that are scared to death of horses but they love them from afar yeah you know i i have i have people that follow me that are briar collectors they don't own horses they're just briar horse people and they love live hearing the history of of the briars that they've collected, you know, um, mm. and, and, you know, and that was a, a whole spectrum of folks that I've never thought about were the briar horse collectors, and I'm starting to find out that they're very serious, and some of those horses made a lot of money, and yeah. But they're just as dedicated to what they do, and they're just as dedicated to those horses. And the history of those horses and the lines of those horses as we are as if we were going to breed to them. Right. Yeah. And, and and it amazed me. And now I've got nothing, you know, and I hear that somebody, oh, you know, I uh, I collect briars. I'm like, well, t- well, tell me what horses you have. 
Because I'm curious, yeah. you know, because when you're like, well, I've got this one, this one, it, it tells me a lot about the type of horse or the the stories uh, from certain horses that they like. You know, it's, it, it's not like you're going to get all of them that, you know, you're collecting a certain group of horses because you like something. Either you collect, you know, derby winners or you collect triple crown winners or you collect, you know, rain cow horses or something, you know. So that you know i don't i think my daughters have a few briars but as far as the industry i don't know anything about the briar industry but i think it's really cool that there are people out there that that they collect those things and then they want to come watch my content yeah did i just go on like a 15 minute tangent of just me telling why i think i'm awesome or something that's what it sounded like i mean you 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 didn't have any trouble doing it either Uh, it's like i have a script you know just (laughs) whenever i ask that question no but it it is still awkward and and with your stuff you're gonna grow you're gonna grow leaps and bounds i'm gonna go ahead and tell you and um because you're eloquent and mm, and and the, and and the way you talk, you're eloquent, and the way that you pass information, the things that you are thinking, the way you're feeling, they they flow effortlessly. And anytime that I see you pop up, I'm like watching, just you know. So it it's gonna it's gonna. I, I hope it comes, and I hope it comes in droves. I hope you surpass me. Yeah, oh, that that's very very kind of you to say. You know, I I didn't. I didn't get on, I didn't start posting content uh, for any reason in particular. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, I'm not even necessarily trying to build an audience or anything like that. Um, it sort of just started to happen a little bit. And uh, a, a bunch of people that same video we're talking about, they duetted that video and, and you were one of them, but there's, I don't know, maybe a dozen others who duetted you, it. You had some heavy hitters. I know on that app that do edit that video too. I know, which w- I was shocked by it. Cause these are all the people that I was following that, and then they're duetting it. And a lot of people said things like, uh, you know, he's, I didn't have the words to express it. And this, this is exactly what I was thinking about. And this is exactly what I was feeling. And that was just so, so flattering. Cause I don't feel like there's anything special about me. And, and to be clear, there's not, I'm just, a, you know, a regular guy who just, really, really cares about our world. I want to see it continue and I want to see it grow. It's one of those things that's brought me so much happiness and so much joy and all aspects of it too. You know, um, not just the horse part, but the the livestock part, I really, really love too. But Even down to mending fences. Like I just, I love this stuff so much and it's taught me so much and, and made me so much of what I am. But I think, I think. I, th- I like to start I think that's where you're wrong, though. Oh, and, and hear me out when you say okay. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not special. Everything that you just said, you love the industry as a whole. Yeah, all aspects of it, all the way down from fixing fence to the the lot to the livestock side, not including horses. The horse side that is special, and wanting to preserve that and pass that along to the next generation is special. Mm. yeah well say you're not special that that (laughs) that is that is special within itself right there yeah well thank you hey i want to i want to ask you something else you know and this is something i've been thinking about a little bit recently is just uh 
there's kind of two sides to this world. And um, I think there's advice worth giving to both sides. And the first one would be, you know, those of us who are in it, we're part of it. And what advice could we give to the people who are part of it to the, you know, and how they should handle and work with those who are maybe interested. And then, and then the other side is for those who are interested, what advice would you give them to becoming part of it? So first part is for when someone approaches someone else, want advice to get in, what advice would they give them? Sure. Well, I, I, you know, and maybe it's like, um, you know, if I was going to ask you, um, you know, how could you give advice to, to the industry as a whole on how to embrace new people? Oh, Ooh. that's a good one. Um, man, put me <laughs> on the spot. Um, <laughs> right between the eyes. Right, man. Just right between the eyes with that one. Um, with, you know, with the industry, I, I would tell the industry this, whenever you feel like, um, I've always said this and I'll put it this way and people can use this as like a, a euphemism for, for something else, right? Is when somebody walks up and they ask if they can pet your horse, let them pet your horse. The, and I, I don't mean sometimes literally pet your horse, but when, when someone approaches you, or your duck, yeah. Or your duck, you know, yeah. or, your, or your dog, if your dog doesn't buy it, you know. And, you know, they, I think everybody has it in their head that they have to just bend over backwards for strangers, and you really don't. Mm. And, you know, there's nothing There's nothing wrong sometimes. Sometimes you, you know, if, if you're getting ready and you're, 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 you're lined out and you're ready to, to run in the alley, to run a barrel pattern, somebody comes up and says, hey, can I pet your horse? It's okay to say no. Yeah, now's not a good time. Yeah. Now's not a good time, but when you get through or you're running out and you get through exercising your horse or whatever, and somebody goes, hey, could, could I just see your horse for a minute? You know, Or could I just take a picture with your horse? Let them. If it's not going to spook them, it's not going to bother you. The, the thing is, is embrace people. Mm. Invest in people. And mm -hmm. by investing in people, you're investing in this industry. Again, it goes back to igniting that spark. You know, dynamite doesn't go off unless you, you light the fuse. And, you know, you, you can be that match. It, it doesn't take a lot of effort. You know, if you pull over and you've got your horses in a horse trailer and you're pulling over to get diesel fuel and it's been a long night and you're trying to get to the next town and somebody walks up and they just want to peek in the trailer and just look over the side in, just take 30 seconds and let them do it. You know, I mean, it's not that hard. And, you know, what else I would tell the, the industry, too, is st stop feeling like you're elite because you were where you're at, because you weren't always elite. E even if you were, I don't care if you're Trevor, Trevor Brazil's kid, you know, yeah. you, you used yeah. to poop in your diapers, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's so easy to forget where we came from, right? It, it is like, super none of us easy. came out of the womb top hand, you know. It's just I'm still not. I'm fingers, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope to be a top hand one day. Maybe, I'm, maybe one day. I'm. I am a proud arena monkey. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, and and as far as what advice I would give to an individual, 
who yeah. was like, I want to get in the industry. It's the, the, my answer is this uh, across the board all the time. Find a credible barn that has really, really, really good uh, references. Um, you can join some, uh, you know, it, you, most areas that are equestrian inclined, even if they're not equestrian inclined, most areas will have a either a regional or a community Facebook group or something like that that is mainly for people in that area. Just you can hop in there and you can ask, hey, I'm wanting to take lessons. Where is, you know, who do you recommend? Now you're going to get a thousand answers. So you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to research thoroughly. Or just if you go out and you see that there is a, a fun show or something mm -hmm. like that going on, go, mm -hmm. go yeah. talk to the people that run that barn. Nine times out of 10, that's a lesson barn. Yeah. That, that's throwing that on. And, and you know what? Take an introductory lesson. You know, it's, it's probably going to be a, a, an hour lesson. And the first 40 minutes is going to be you fumbling with a saddle. And that that's perfectly okay. It really is. Yes, yeah, it's perfectly it really is. okay. You're going to learn a little bit of anatomy. You're going to learn how to groom and stuff like that. But you're going to get contact with a horse, real contact with a horse. And you're going to spend probably about 20 minutes that day, maybe just sitting on that horse and asking for a walk. And there is nothing, absolutely there's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel bad because that's what you're doing that day. Yeah. But if you really want to do it, I recommend doing that before I recommend paying 60 or a hundred dollars to hop on a dude string because you're not learning anything on a dude string. You're getting great, a 10 minute great advice. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're getting a 10 minute crash course on, um, you're probably not even being told how to one rain stop. You're, you're just being told, hang on and keep your phone in your pocket so you can keep both hands on the reins. Uh, people always forget that rule about dude strings. Keep, keep that phone in your pocket. I know you want to take that selfie. I know you really do. That's a good way to get run through some bushes. Yeah, let, that's right. Let the Wrangler take the let, pictures. Yeah, let, let, let the Wrangler take the pictures. That's why that rule is there. There's there's a video that went viral of this gal that just, just – they were crossing this little stream, and this horse – there's a little cut path on the other side. She's trying to, like, video, you know? And, like, the whole time I'm watching her, and that hand is just side-pulling that horse, and she just deviates that horse down that other trail, and that horse just keeps turning, just takes her right into – looks like a bunch of sparkleberry bushes, you know? And then she's, like, panicking because then the horse just stops because now the horse just can't go any further. You know? <laughs> you're not learning. You're not learning. And, and you know what? If you go on vacation every year to the Caribbean and you ride a dude string down the beach, that's cool. Yeah, fine. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly fine to go ride a dude yeah. string. But if you're serious and you want to get in the industry, find a lesson barn. And, it, you know, take that first lesson. You're going to find out if it's for you or not. It's, it's not crazy expensive like most people think you'd – it gets expensive when you start getting into specific disciplines uh, because then you are paying for uh, – you're paying from knowledge from someone um, usually at that point that is them themselves at a pretty high level. Yeah. And that yeah. knowledge does not come cheap. It didn't come cheap for them to, to learn that either. Yeah, you know, right. you, yeah. That's when you get into those, you know, yeah, you, you, ramen noodles versus uh, training at that point. But there's nothing, you know, the, the individual person, <clears throat> excuse me, that would, is jumping out there and is like, I want to get in this world. Um, yeah, jump in, take basic riding lessons. It doesn't matter for Western English. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really matter. Um, find a barn that does both. Those exist. 
you know, yeah, they sure do. most yeah. of the time, most of the time when you start introductory lessons, you know, I doesn't really matter the barn. They're going to put you in a Western saddle anyway. Yep. Um, and until you find your seat, but yeah, I, th that's my advice is, is yeah. take a few lessons, you know, depending on where you're at, they range from 30 bucks to, you know, probably 60 bucks yeah. and, you know, take, take one a week for a couple of weeks if you can afford that or take one every two weeks if you can afford that do you realize hey is this for me or not yeah and if it's for you dive in head first hold on with both hands damn the torpedoes and what anybody has to say that's exactly right if, it, yeah. if it's not at least you got a real handhold on this is not for me dude strings if if that is you know dude strings are great when you're going on vacation Mm -hmm. Dude strings are not not great when you really want to find out if this industry is for you or not. Yeah, you know, you, that's exactly right. There's there's no learning really to be had on one of those strings, but um I I do know people who they they got on one of those guided strings and they said love that. I and, and that was the spark that ignited them oh, yeah. to go take the lesson and things like that too. So I think the advice that I've always given to people, because people come up to me all the time and, and ask, can I ride one of your horses? And, and, uh, I have like one that's, you know, in the early twenties that I'll put people on that have never ridden before that sort of a thing. And, but the advice I always give people is like, is let it be magical, right? Like experience the magic, savor the moments. Oh, yeah. Like even when you go to tack up that horse for the first time, and, and it might take you 40 minutes and 45 minutes to figure out, you know, if you want to use the uh, buckle or go for a Texas tea. That's a that's a whole different that's topic. A, there, oh, but. God, that's such a <laughs> that is such a dumb argument. You know, it's the worst. It's the worst argument of all. I cannot believe people still talk about that. You know, I, the the funny thing and you brought up that first time you're, you know, you're saddling or you're grooming. The the coolest thing and I've watched kids through the years is when they they're taking their first lesson and they're grooming and I'm standing there and I'm showing them and they hit that they hit that feel good spot on whatever oh, yeah. horse they got and they yeah. get a little they get a little nuzzle. Or, yeah. or or the the you know the the horse kind of kind of turns that that head a little to the side and kind of looks up like yep that's the spot yeah. right there yeah. you know and they and they laugh and you can just see it in their eyes because yeah that is the first time that they've got that animal to react to something that they've done yeah in an imprint oh my god I wish you could go back to that moment it yeah. is it's the greatest incredible. moment it's the greatest moment. It's just yeah. something, and that's why everybody always has this crazy bond with like their first lesson pony, or or the mm -hmm. you know even if they like their parents taught them or something, their first their first horse, you mm -hmm. know. It, it that's why that bond is so great. Like that thing could have seriously, have, it, it could have been a three legged lame and brainless. Yeah, it yeah. was just that you had so much fun doing really silly things sometimes on that horse. Not only that, but just that horse, you became friends somewhere down the road. Yeah. And you can, those moments, you know, you can ride a hundred horses and it will never feel like, and i tell you something else too. The first time and the first horse that you ever ride confidently there and, and all of a sudden it clicks in your brain. Holy cow. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing, I haven't even thought about hitting the ground today. <laughs> you know, yeah, but when you first start feeling day. <laughs> Yes, when you when you first start really feeling that way, and then you come back and you're unpacking, and all of a sudden it just hits you, and you're like, 
holy cow, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah that's another yeah, that's complete different moment too. There's so many moments that we share with horses that I wish I could equate them to like other things in life. But sometimes it's, it's, it's just, you don't get that, you know, that uh, it's different, man. It, it's, it's hard to explain. Like, yeah, like, like with, the same. First, go ahead. I was just going to say that, like that first time you hit like a clean rollback or you hit like yeah. a clean, like flying lead change. And you're just like, you want to just, it does something for your soul, doesn't it? Like it just, you want to just fly away. It's something so it, special. The only thing I can equate it to is being like 14 or 15 and the girl you've had the biggest crush on forever yeah. that you thought yes. didn't like you when she finally <laughs> comes out and says, well, I like you too. Yeah, that's right. I, that, it, that's I mean, it's, it's the same gut feeling. Like yep. it, it, it's the only way I can describe it. And I know people that like my non horse folks are probably listening to this going, what, you know, yeah. but it really, <laughs> it really is like, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a euphoric experience. And mm -hmm. then there's those days where you're like, ah, you know, Canada <laughs> or Mexico might be a good choice for you. <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah, it, it is, true. it is such a, there's many highs and many lows. It, it you know, that's, <laughs> it's so true I, and i wonder if it's just that the like remembrance of that that euphoria that just keeps us going are we just chasing that feeling i feel like that may be what we're doing um and you I, still I, I really think it is i think yeah. that we you know and i I think most people as horsemen they, they they might go through a phase where they you know it's like this i think most people as horsemen either go through a phase where they double down on everything Mm -hmm. or they lose interest momentarily and kind of back off, maybe not show mm -hmm. as much or maybe not, you know, take as much day work, take a job in town to kind of get away a little bit or something. I think, yep. I think one of two things usually happen. I double down and, you know, but I think part of it is, you know, when you double down is trying to, is trying to chase that neck, you know, it's like with anything you try to chase that next high, yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter if you know if if you get off on if you're a lawyer and you get off on you know winning big cases or you know or if you're a librarian and you get off on seeing rare books, you know those are highs for you. And I think as horsemen, we look for that next that next clean crisp move, whatever it is. You know, we look for that that next horse that you thought the last one was push button. Oh wait, wait, do you see this one? It's got, yeah. extra, it's got all kind of different buttons, you know, <laughs> I think yeah, those are the things ever, that motivate us. Yeah. Have you ever ridden the perfect horse? Have you ever had that experience? I've I ridden, <laughs> no, and I was just about to say, I, I haven't, but I've ridden horses that I, I, uh, I coveted and I loathed yeah. the people that owned them because I was like, I yeah. should have bought this horse. Yeah. Um, and it's I've I've ridden yeah. horses that I felt like were perfect at the time, but they were not perfect horses. I you know I've I've ridden some really really nice stuff over the years, um, and not that I personally owned right that 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 some friends and you know acquaintances have owned, and um, yeah I, I found I'm always chasing the perfect horse, and even you know I've been on I've been on like you know some really really pricey stuff 
Mm-hmm. And you always find the thing. And and one of the things that keeps me going and gets me excited is like, I'm going to find the, the perfect horse. It's out there. It has to be out there. I'm going to find it or I'm going to make it one or the other. And uh, that's one of the things that still keeps me going, man. It gets me excited all the time where I'm just like, it, it's out there. I'm going to find it. I'm going to discover this thing. Yeah. yeah the, I, went, I, went through, I went through a funny phase. <laughs> and that to where I wanted to ride spicy stuff, not, 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 not Bronx or anything, you know, not, yeah, not something yeah, that was just going to throw you, but just something every once in a while, is just going to throw that head and, and yeah. give, give, give me a little crow hop just so I could just look down and go, uh-uh. you know, it was just, yeah. it was like when you, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that next level to, I am confident now that next level is hop, hop again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Talk, throw that head again. Throw that head yeah, again. See what, see what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, I, I still like right in the, I like something a little spicy, a little hot. One that kind of maybe even makes me a little afraid every once in a while. Like yeah. I, I still like a horse like that. It, um, it, 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 they're, there's are character building horses. Yeah. <laughs> they really I, are. I, I, I had someone I, tell I, me I, that I, one I, time. I, they're like those. I had someone tell me that one time, and I was like, I, I really don't like this mayor. And they're like, that's a good mayor. That's a character building mayor. That's a mayor that keep you honest. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I was, and at the time I was looking for like a dull deadhead, and I was yeah. like, I, I think, I, and this was a, it was a Mustang. It was a must, yeah. it was a Bay Mustang, gorgeous, super smart, but um, she just had this thing that just she just hated anything that was on. Um, we, I, I. Tested her out on this. I was I went to this lady's facility, super nice facility, and we went on. She goes, let's take a little pleasure ride. That way you can get a real good feel of this horse. And I'd rode her around in the arena a little bit, and she's great. And she goes, let's go on a little pleasure ride. She goes, she's going to be a different horse. And I'm, I'm thinking different, like, oh, she's just going to relax. And no, 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 no. She hated <laughs> small woodland creatures with a passion. Not, <laughs> not spooking at them. Like, yeah. you know, how you would think. Oh, yeah, yeah, we here in the South, we call them boogers and bushes. Okay. You, know, you know, always looking for a booger in a bush, you know. No, 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 no. I've never seen I've never seen anything pin its ears at a squirrel. Oh, that is so funny. And uh so I was I ended up not, not buying her. But I wish now looking back, I wish I had like it, knowing what I know now, I was like, it was a great horse. I just let it go because it pin its ears at a squirrel. I'm stupid. That is so funny. You know, so funny. I, I was putting um some rides on this voodoo bread. Um, I, th- I think it was a rain cow horse prospect, if I remember right. And I, th- what I liked about that horse was, um, I felt like, and there's something wrong with me here to be totally fair, but I, I felt like a little out of control. It was just like a little too hot. Yeah. And uh, I, I put some rides on this horse and it was, it was an experience. But one of the things I liked about it is I went back later to some of my own personal horses and you, you just it, there's something about that that it just sort of expands your circle of uh of ability or, or confidence when you get off one of those I, I like a horse that you have to ride yeah that's right yeah like, i don't like my, to just sit on a yeah horse. like so my pleasure horse my pleasure horse is this dull deadheaded ex-dude string horse yeah. she came she came out of colorado and um she is morgan and some some kind of small draft in there too. She's a, a a a bay pinto. She's a grade, and she is there. You know exactly what you're going to get out of her. 
99.9% of the time. And that's usually that lower lip just flapping and her just following mm-hmm. all the other horses. Because when I got her, that's all she knew was mm-hmm. to put her snoot in the pooper in front of her and follow. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and her, her mouth was so desensitized because they probably had something, you know, in there, super long shanks, you know, that was probably yeah. two piece, you know, so they could really put some brakes on her. And, I, you know, it was a, a fight to try to get her lightened up a little bit because I got her as like a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. And so I got her lightened up a, a bit and she's a great pleasure horse. And that's all she'll ever be is a pleasure horse uh, yeah. to canter. If you ask her to canter, it's like, you just, you know, ask her to just stand in traffic, you know, it just doesn't make <laughs> sense to her. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, I can get a canter out of that horse, but then I just realized that she's just not motivated to canter. And, you know, that's fine. I just want a pleasure horse. I want a horse that I can put anyone on and go. So I don't really need a go-go button. Yep. You know, a canter is as far as this horse needs to go for me and uh, and for anyone else. But she is, I have, I have went through every clinician, every uh, Facebook, every article on the internet that i can find because i thought i was dumb in the way that i teach horses the neck ring no no hmm. this, this this heifer just has an inability to, to get the concept of neck <laughs> ring and, and i and i figured out what it was she's got a walnut size brain <laughs> that the, the, her her brain she is built for feed not speed yeah, <laughs> and I, I I love her. I love her to death. And she's quirky. Like she's got little quirks. Like, and it used to bother me so bad. Like now, if any of my other horses, if I was out, you know, with some friends, and I'm like, hey, let's just hit the trails for a little while and just, you know, do some trailblazing. If one of my other horses reached over and grabbed a you know a limb out of a small tree and started chewing on it, oh, I'd be pissed. You know, no, 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 you, we, we are focused. That's not focused. She does it. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. She's just do she is my, I don't care pony that I just, yeah. I, I'd let her get away with so much crap. And it's only because she's never going to hurt anyone. I, I yeah. say that. Watch her, watch her like throw me the next time I ride her or something. But <laughs> she's, you know, she's, she's not one of, and, and she's one of those. It's just, it's, it's, she was a, Coming from the the atmosphere she came from, you know, for the right person, she probably would have been a lot easier to train. I'm not a horse trainer. I, you know, I can do some stuff with my horses, but I'll never advertise myself as a horse trainer. I never take anyone's money uh, to train horses. But with that, but with that said, you know, she was should have been a very easy fix. And I was really, really doubting myself for a while there until I really figured out that, you know, she, she was, the elevator was not going all the way up and <laughs> mentally this, this horse, you know, meant, <laughs> it was just, you know, I don't know how to describe it. This horse is not very bright and, yeah. <laughs> and it made it funny and part of her being funny and part of her just letting her be her, it was just enough for me to, you know, just to let her be her and that's really the wrong thing do not take this advice people do not take this advice don't ever just let your horse yeah. be itself you can have um, a disclaimer on this whole podcast yeah, after this, that. yeah. yeah disclaimer <laughs> we 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 are not giving that type of advice here that's this right. is like the worst advice ever do not just let your horse do whatever it wants but she was just one of those rare cases where it was just, it was hilarious and she was doing everything that i needed her to do in an arena 
and in a round corral. And outside of that, I just kind of let her be. So Layla just gets to be Layla. And the day she dies, she'll just get to be herself. She just, you know, I I think her life before I got her was so crappy. Yeah. And, and I'm not yeah. saying that's inherent in dude strings because I know some dude strings that take really great care of her horses. But when I got her, she was completely emaciated and, you know, she was. A, they she was a, rode her harder than they fed her. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I just. I broke the cardinal rule of horses. All my other horses, man. Oh, they're 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 tip top. Her, eh, eh. you might <laughs> like her. Like you might like her because you'd be like, she's because you realize that she's deadheaded, but she isn't dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had this horse one time. It was just uh, he was just a grade quarter horse, but um, I had gotten a call from a friend of mine who had a a bison ranch. And, um, and he called me and he said, Hey, you know, the, uh, the bison are out. Um, would you mind coming and giving me a hand and bringing them back in back to the ranch? I was like, yeah, that sounds, sounds amazing. That, and so, uh, I'm I, scared I, to death right now. <laughs> and so I loaded up that, that, that quarter horse and drove out to his ranch and, and I, I, maybe I shouldn't have been so quick to say yes. Cause I got there and I was the only guy with the horse and everybody else had brought, you know, four wheelers and things like that. And, and I asked, I was like, what's going on? And, and he, and my buddy was like, you know, I probably should have told you, um, we don't typically work them on horses. They don't really respect horses, especially when you get into close quarters. And, um, I was like, well, what do you, what do you think? And he's like, ah, it'll probably be fine. And so, and so we go on out there, we find the herd and we start driving it back. And, uh, I don't remember how many head there are, maybe 60, 70 heads, something like that. Not a huge, huge amount of animals, but you certainly gave them an extra level of respect. And so, uh, we, and everything's going fine until we get to the, the gates of the ranch. Cause now we're trying to push them through this kind of smaller space. And so I'm just coming up one of the flanks, trying to push this, this, uh, this cow bison through this gate. And, uh, she turns and charges me. And, uh, luckily that horse was, had better reaction speed than me. And he, he sidestepped it and got right out of the way. And before I even knew what happened, that whole thing took place. Those bison are crazy fast. You don't really realize how quick they are. And so, uh, anyway, we, we got that, that bison kind of back going towards the gate, same thing, turn around, charge me again. And, uh, I was ready for it this time. So we, we kind of got out of the way and we were okay. And, um, and then we'd kind of gotten just about everything through and another one of these bison turned and charged me again. And again, wasn't paying attention. And, uh, but the horse took care of me and, and got me out of the way and kept me safe. And that horse at the time, he was maybe 12 or 13 and we'd gotten all those bison put away and I loaded them up in the trailer and I, you know, I looked at that horse and I thought, you just saved my life three times. Um, you got a spot in my pasture till the end of your days. Uh, you, you've earned it because I might not be walking around if it wasn't for that horse. And, and sure, you know, I kept them forever, you know. That that's how this little horse is. She's you know she's getting up, on up in age now, and she's she's still she's still rideable. She maintains good weight. She's still healthy. Um, yeah. Vet gives her a clean bill of health. Other than just being old, um, 
every time you know she comes out to take a look at her and i made that promise to her too that yeah. you will you will die here and you will yep. die with me and you will be buried here there's just you know and that's another one of those things that that kind of bond you know it's uh it's it is because they're with us so long sometimes yeah and and i've had dogs and i've been really close to my dogs like i'm mm. i'm close to every critter i've ever owned is this something about a horse man sure is yeah, yeah difficult to describe yes yeah, to something just something about them yeah well steven it has been a pleasure an yeah, absolute man. pleasure to have you on and Thank you. I'm, I'm gonna have you on again um but before we go yeah. I want I want you to plug your uh, I want you to plug your brand again yeah. and tell folks how they can uh, first of all how folks can get in touch with you where they can find your content and where they can find all your stuff uh, from yeah, your company. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you can you can look for thewildicon.com. That's our website. You can get on there. You can purchase things. You can even communicate with me through it if you want. Um, you can find uh, the wild icon on. Um, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram as well. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I, and I sure do love hearing all the stories that people tell about their wonderful experiences in the Western world. And and I'm always open to give advice and feedback if you want to vent or anything else. Yeah, reach out to me. There you go, people. Stephen Foster. Again, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, all of those links will be in the description of this episode, guys. So if you can't remember, you can go down and click below. Also, check out our sponsors, uh, Herd of Zebras. You can use the code JRyan for 10% off there. Uh, also, check out my merch. You can get one of those Horse Daddy shirts like we were talking about. And uh, extra bonus points if you actually are confident enough to wear that at Road to the Horse or something and take a picture of me in it. <laughs> My next TikTok, I'm going to be wearing that shirt. There you go. I, if somebody <laughs> wears that shirt and takes a picture with me with that shirt at Road to the Horse, I will give them a crisp $100 bill. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That, that'll that buy you like one drink or something there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So. In fact, you know, you know what I'll do. Um, just in, in the spirit of all this, um, anybody who buys something on on the wildicon.com, use the coupon code Horse Daddy, all upper Horse Daddy, fifteen percent off the top. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! I might have to, I might have to run an ad for that for you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if we can't make you some money. He he might send me a T-shirt if I do that. Yeah, I bet I bet that could happen. Bet that could happen. That works. Horse Daddy, fifteen percent off the Wild Icon. That's what I'm talking about. See, see, we're not just building building better horsemen here. We're building a community. That's what I love. Yeah, I love it too. So, Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I sure man. It. it was an absolute pleasure, and I'm definitely going to have you back. Let's do it, man. It'd be great. Awesome. 